here on the JR the Boss Man Show. As promised, we're having a great guest for you out of Columbia, Missouri, the new coach of the Missouri Tigers, Coach Conzo Martin on the Boss Man Show. Coach Martin, got to have you back on the show again, Coach. And I know well, you, 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 I know you're happy, Coach, getting off that road in that July recruiting period to get some rest a little bit in the office there, be with your family for a little while. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that road can be tough on the body, but it's worth it and it has to be done. You got that right. Now, Coach, you started off strong getting Michael Porter to, to come to your program. You got all the guys committed to come to Mizzou. Uh, what's the excitement been like around Columbia, around the university, with you coming in, bringing your staff there, and bringing your, your pedigree coming off of those great seasons at Cal to the Missouri Tigers? Oh, it's been great. I mean, it's obviously been a whirlwind for us, uh, just, uh, you know, adjusting to a new climate, you know, different program, building a program, uh, a program with, you know, great tradition and history, and we have to get it back to that point. Uh, and obviously, to have a caliber guy like Michael Porter Jr. on board, who's a very talented player. And I think the one thing, he's been blessed with God giving gifts to, as, as talent. But I think the thing that separates him from a lot of people is his ability to work hard, work on his game, uh, want to get better, taking care of his body. I mean, I, I've never seen a young guy. Uh, I, think, I think the other guy I've had, John L. Stokes, when I was at Tennessee, when you talk about a guy that just rehabs his body, sh- stretches all the time, do the little things to keep his body prepared for games at this age. I mean, John L. Stokes is probably the last guy I've seen that do that at this level, but he takes care of his body and he's just, he's programmed himself to be a great player, but he's, he puts the work in. I think that's what separates him from the competition. Now, Coach, how do you feel getting back to the state of Missouri? You know, you was at Missouri State, you went to Tennessee, now it was at Cal, now you're back in Missouri. So, how does it feel to be kind of be back home for you instead of Missouri where you got to start at, where you're comfortable at? It feels good. Again, you know, the work is the work, and I mean, it feels good to be close to my mom as well as my family. So that part is great. Uh, but you know how it is this time of year, especially when you take over a job up until now. Maybe next week I'll get a little downtime, be at a vacation with my family. But but since I took over the job up until now, it's just really been a grind as far as recruiting, evaluating talent, building relationships. Because um, again, I was three years in California, so I was I was. I was far away from the Midwest. I, I didn't spend a lot of time outside of specific recruiting in the Midwest because there were so many guys in California. Uh, so now I'm just getting, continue to build relationships, or new relationships, and just continue to grow as a coach. And speaking of relationships with the players, coach, uh, and evaluating talent, how often do you begin to get on the court with your guys, kind of see what you have to work with before you well, go out for recruiting in July, kind of knowing what you need to fill the roster with? So how do you feel about what the guys you have returning already on your roster that you got to kind of work out a little bit over the summertime? Well, good question. I think going into July, uh, you know, we felt like we, we well, going into, you know, April, maybe we felt like we had some things. But once we started really working with our guys on the floor, we had to shift in a different direction as far as what we we thought we really needed going into 2018 as far as recruiting. So we, we try to cover a lot of ground from being uh, on the East Coast, uh, down south, Midwest, out west, just recruiting, just seeing a lot of different guys to fit what we're trying to do. But I think we got quality pieces here on our roster right now. We have some quality guys that, you know, returned from last season's team, even though we had, you know, some tough patches there. But we got some guys that are battle, test, battle tested, understand what it takes to compete. Uh, they've, they've seen tough times, but they continue to work. And I think that was the thing that was most impressive for me uh, to see some of the guys with the way they put the work in. And, and you know, it is just tough when you when you lose some games. You 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 win you know, an average of nine games in, in three years. That's a tough thing to deal with as a student athlete because everybody wants to be a winner. And, and now you walk around campus. And I thought the guys did a great job of still maintaining a level of composure, keeping their head up high, not getting discouraged. And I think that says a lot about these young men. 
and coach, or with the time you had with them on the court, how much do you instill for as your play playbook or philosophies in the summer workouts? Or you kind of wait till you get there in October first and kind of put in in October, rather than trying to do it over the summertime for us, putting in specific plays, specific schemes. How's how's a lot of work for you? Well, the one thing I've always done when I when I take over a program. I always try to gauge the the level of you know toughness, uh, the competitive spirit, uh, the work ethic, guys that want to be great players, the desire for guys that have a passion to compete, all those things. So we do a lot of competitive drills. We do drills where we have weight vests on, where guys have to work out in a weight vest, and that's a tough workout. And you, you can say you work out for thirty minutes with a weight vest on. That's not an easy thing to do. So, and we just do different things, just really to gauge the level of toughness. And you try to find out who your leaders are at that point, because the last thing you want to do is you know, go to battle, and all of a sudden it's January. You're still trying to find a guy that's a leader. Who, who's who's your guy in the locker room? Because oftentimes it's not the guy that's the loudest guy. You know, so you so I try to find that thing out early, just to see who's the most competitive guy, who's the guy that has a desire to be great, who has a passion for our team to be successful. And coach, speaking of those activities you're doing, it has to go big towards building team chemistry, building cohesion as a unit because you're going through these hard times together. You're getting tougher together. You're grinding together. So, so far, how have you seen your guys for cohesion and, and being closer and becoming a unit in one? So when, when it comes down on October the 1st, then come November, you guys are ready to roll and, and y'all already together. Y'all got your game plan ready to go. How are you going to attack this year as the Missouri, Missouri Tigers? Well, the thing we always talk about for, for each guy, just try the best to do your job to the best of your ability. Don't get consumed with another guy's job until you figure out how to handle yours. And oftentimes, when you start a program, we, we like the, our leadership to come from the top, and that's the older guys. Well, in this case, everybody's new when it comes to dealing with me because everything is new as a new coach even the current players. But what we try to do from the top, our seniors, our juniors on down, to help the freshmen understand what it means to be a college student athlete. And I think that part is important. But really how to face tough times, how to deal with uh, making poor decisions. So we, we bring a lot of character people in to speak to our guys just about doing the right things. And the other thing is just, You'll make mistakes, but learn from your mistakes. And, and, and we don't need the public to know about what's going on in your locker room. You guys have to be able to learn how to deal with things within your locker room, and that's how you grow. It's, it's not about you know putting other guys' business out there, but all those things that you deal with. Like my mom taught me growing up in a household. We talk about those things first before we can move forward. Exactly. You know, because you don't want anybody kind of trying to crack the foundation of your home. Because when you try to leak stuff to the media, telling guys <laughs> stuff, it gets out. It only, it only causes confusion and drama, coach, which ends up splitting teams. And so many teams split because of, you know, I call it having a loose lips or diarrhea of the mouth. Because you couldn't handle it in the house internally and get it worked out as men together in the locker room. <laughs> that, that, that's so true. So we, and again, we spend a lot of time with that, just about, you know, not making excuses. Uh, having a level of integrity and to what you're doing, doing the right things. Uh, and we always talk about to tell the truth, uh, just to be honest, uh, to be trustworthy. And those, those things are hard to deal with when you're a young, young guy, you know, because everybody came from being the best guy. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants it that way. We just tell guys, have a level of integrity, character, and try your best to tell the truth. And I think that's the most important thing. You got there, right, folks. We have Conzo Martin here on the Boss Man Show, new coach of the Missouri Tigers up in Columbia, Missouri. Now, coach, speaking about cohesion as well, how long does it take guys to trust in a new coach? But I'm interested to know that on that point from you as a guy who's moved around a couple of times. How long does it take for guys to trust in you and your style? Because can't being a new coach, you're like, is this guy going to keep my keep scholarship? I'm going to get released. I'm going to get cut. So how do you go about building that cohesion with the new guys remaining today and can trust you and believe that Coach Martin needs to recruit me, but he still has my back no matter what? 
Well, I think for every player, it's, it's different times. And, and, and I, I kind of go back to when I, when I was a freshman in college and I played for Coach Katie. Um, and, and to say when I trusted him, I, you know, it's, I think it's hard because when you're young, you don't really understand what, what the trust means. You know the word, you know the definition. But I didn't trust Coach Katie when I was a freshman because I wasn't playing early. Not because he mistreated me or did something wrong, because I, I wasn't playing. So I equated that for not liking him or he didn't like me. Why was I not playing? Because I played in high school. I played a lot of minutes. I had success in high school. So I felt like I didn't have a good relationship with Coach because of that. But as you get older, you start to understand that he cares about you. Uh, you're not ready yet. And I think for a young man, dealing with who you are first, and you know, we always talk about looking in the mirror. And, and, and two things we talk about, you either listening to noise or you listening to music. And which one sounds better? So when you're listening to that noise, that negativity coming through, his coach don't like it, he mistreating, he should be playing, he likes this guy more. Or the music part is you're telling yourself, I need to get better. I'm not as good as I want to be, but I need to work on my game. I need to get better. Because then I started, when I went into Coach Katie's office as a freshman, we probably 15, 16 games into my freshman season, and I went into his office and I said, Coach, why am I not playing? What does it take for me to play? And whatever he said at that time, he said it before. I just wasn't listening. But at that point, I was at a low point. I started listening, and I never looked back since. And I think that's where the trust came in for me. But again, he said it from day one. I just wasn't listening from day one. So I think the trust really comes in when you get older. Also, if you're playing from day one, you think you trust coach. But all of a sudden, you have adversity. Now, do you still trust coach? It's still the same coach. You just had adversity. Now, how do you deal with the adversity? Exactly. And it's usually coach, usually the first key things. Like first time of adversity is when you really know a guy's true character. Because when it's when it's all good, they the best everything's rosy, they happy. But when they hit that first patch of a bad few bad games, not making any shots, or you get onto them a little bit, then you see where the where the, where the, where the, where the heart is, where the mind is. And that's how you really know what kind of guy you got right there. Yeah, I think it's important, but you, but you know how it is with, with young guys. I mean, you got some very talented guys, guys that are blessed with gifts at you know seventeen, eighteen years old, but. Oftentimes, I think as a young guy, and I went through it myself, uh, I was so consumed with my public perception of you know what people thought of me or what I thought of myself as opposed to my integrity and my reputation as a young man. The integrity is most important, but I, I didn't think about integrity at the time. It was about my public, the public perception of me and my reputation. So I should be playing. I, I, I need to get what I need to get out of this deal as opposed to what's most important for the team. But again, when I got a little bit older and I started to understand and things started to slow down for me, I understood what Coach meant and what he was saying. I think that is most important. And, uh, Coach, looking at your roster going forward here, as you we hit, get close to October, November time here, who are some, uh, Mike Porter's going to never be a key cog for you. Who are some other guys going to be be key for you the next year for us, making sure you guys are successful, getting your guys established in SEC as a, as a threat going forward and give your program the foundation you wanted to have to grow this program out going forward for, for many years to come? Well, I think what we talk about as a staff, we, we're building a program. So it's not a case of I me. Mean, you got Michael Porter Jr. He's a very talented young man, extremely hardworking, blessed with gifts. But it's not. It's not. This is not a program that's here for one year. Then all of a sudden, next season we drop off. You know. So our goal is to have success. Our goal is to build a culture that sustains the test of time. As long as we're here as a program, and what we're trying to do as a program and as a staff. And we build a program so guys come back five, ten years down the road, okay, this is what it looks like. This is something we built, you know, five, ten years ago. And I think that's what it's about. But you, when you talk about, you know, Kevin Prayer, Jordan Barnett is a guy that played last year. Kevin Prayer is a very talented guy. Jordan Barnett was a leading scorer. Kevin Prayer and then Terrence Phillips, those are your three returning scorers from last season's team. 
guys that are battle-tested. They played in a lot of minutes. They dealt with some tough times, dealt with a lot of adversity, but they stayed the course. They continue to grow. They continue to get, get better. Now, the wins didn't show that, but you saw the progress of these guys, even when you watch film. Now, at the same time, all three of these guys had opportunities to leave the program because, again, why would I want to stay with a program that hadn't had success when I can go over here and somebody else give me an opportunity to come play with a winning program? Let me go try to do this, but they chose to stay here. So I think it says a lot about them from a character standpoint to even fight through it, to be a part of this. So I give a lot of respect to those guys. I understand that. But we got some talented young guys. We got a guy, Cassius Robinson, a guy transferred from Canisius, who a guy can shoot the ball, played well at Canisius last season. So we got a lot of experience. Jeremiah Tillman is a freshman guy. He's very talented. You know, Blake Harris came as a freshman guard. C.J. Robinson is a freshman guard. So we have parts. And, again, we got to put it together, help them understand the most important thing, how to win games, how to compete, how to play hard, how to play for each other. Now, Coach, look at the SEC now, uh, since you're back in it. There's so many teams I feel are on the rise there, and there are quality teams out there. So do you feel like with the with your team now being on the rise, with you being there, a lot of the teams growing and, and getting a little older, that SEC will be more respected more nationally for as a team, uh, conference they can get more than five teams in the tournament now because all these quality teams and quality coaches and quality players in the league now is going to make the league even more competitive going forward. Well, well, I've never – I guess I've never really understood. It, it was uh, – it was. It was. We used to talk about it all the time as a staff, as coaches, at our coaches' meetings when we got together in the spring about how can we get more teams in the tournament. We would do a lot of different things. We'd mix the leagues up, make it two leagues, make it two conferences, do this, do that, everything, improve the the, the RPI scheduling better. So everything. I, I, I could never figure that part out because guys played against great teams in the preseason. You competed against each other in the league, but for some reason we couldn't get more teams in the tournament. So I never understood that. Now, obviously, the SEC had a great run last season, so we want to piggyback off that because I think the league will be even better this season. When you talk about this, this is a league really should you know have seven-plus teams every year, uh, even on down years, I mean, because I think we have that caliber talent, that level of coaching in this league. Now, Coach, I got a couple for you about your time at Cal. As you leave Cal, Coach, you got to feel good knowing that you had two 20-win seasons out there, 18-win uh, seasons in your first year out there, and the Sampson Foundation made the season twice. So as you leave Cal, you reflect on that. How, how satisfied are you with the job you did out there and the foundation you laid out there for Joaquin Jones as he take over from you as he, as he goes forward now with that job out there with the Golden Bears? Well, I think Joaquin, he'll do a great job, an even better job than what I did because one thing about him – when I took over the job, I'd never been to California outside. I, I, I didn't land in California when you're talking about an airplane and being in the state of California twice, only twice in my life. And they had, they had summer events out there. Um, so I hadn't been to California. I never really recruited California at all outside of a junior college guy in San Francisco when I was an assistant coach at Purdue. So when I took over the job, never been to California like that. So we're starting from ground one, just really hit the ground running as far as recruiting, building relationships. And in this profession, if you've been in this, it's tough. You're trying to build those relationships, and they start from day one. You might have a great shot at recruiting a young prospect, but if the coach doesn't have a relationship with you, it'll probably be tough. So just building those relationships now. In Joaquin's case, he's from California, so he understands the lay of the land. He was a great addition to our staff. So I think it really helps, and I think he'll do a great job. Now, Coach, my last one for you is why King. I had him on a show a couple weeks ago. He spoke so very highly of you, Coach. He talks about how he's indebted to you and how you've been so much to him. So I was going to say on there that the guy loves you, man. He talked really high about you. And, you know, saying that he, I say, hey, Coach, Martin's a great guy as well. He's coming on my show every year. I've been a host, so I appreciate you for that, Coach. But why can't really, really, owes, he said he owes a lot to you on there. And I wanted to say on there that, you know, he really has your back, man. 
No, thank you. That means a lot. He's a good man. He's a good man. Well, Coach, look, I'm glad to have you on the show again. Coach, look forward to seeing you at either Vanderbilt or Georgia, one of these schools down here close to Atlanta. We'll get, catch up with you and hopefully have a dinner or something or lunch or something. If you got some time between practices all that, and preparing all that good stuff, Coach. But I'm glad you're back in our league and we'll get to see you on the road sometime here. No, thank you, Gerald. I appreciate your time. All right, folks. It's Constant Martin here on the Boss Man Show. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today we have them from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at CoachTWheel24 or Instagram TravisLWilliams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. 
please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. JR the Boss Man Show. We have a great show for you today. Our lined up. We talked to Conzo Martin of the Missouri Tigers here. Now we're going to up to Connecticut to talk to Baker Dunleavy with the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Coach, how you doing up there, man? How's life treating you up there in the tri state area? Doing great. This is a great time to be up here, man. I know how hot it is down there in Atlanta, so uh, it's, it's nice and cool up here. We keep it in the 70s, and that's that's how we like it. We'll be jealous. We'll be jealous in January, though. <laughs> you coach, you got there right. I'm telling you, quick story, coach. I can't drive in snow. That ice storm we had here, coach. I was in the house for a whole week. I didn't come out the house. Yeah, I believe I it. They shut down. It, even even up in like you know, I was at Villanova in Philly, and you get a little further south than that. Like even DC, they shut it down. You get a little bit of snow. So they're used to it up here. We might as well be up in up in Canada, but, but luckily basketball is a, is an indoor sport. So, so we enjoy our hoops and, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited for the season. Amen to that. Now coach, what does it mean to lead this program with Quinnipiac, the Bobcats? And what about the administration, just the job to make you want to leave Villanova, take this opportunity to be your head to head man here, lead this program for years to come. Yeah, I think every coach is, is is different in terms of what they're looking for, and obviously, um, you know, it's not easy to leave a great place. But you know, I know what I've learned at Villanova, what I've been a part of, and I've always just kind of felt like, no matter what level, what division, what conference, um, you know, if I were to leave Villanova, hopefully, it would be to go to a place that's very similar, and similar in um, you know, in values, in terms of academics, beautiful campus, uh, you know. And maybe most importantly, um, a, a desire to be great. And so I think that's what this school is. I mean, it's, it's one of the fastest growing schools in the country uh, in, in terms of athletics, but also just in terms of uh, enrollment and, and academically. So they're really, really uh, into growth. And, and so hopefully that will apply to our basketball program. But we got a lot going for us. It's, it's a building process, but there's so much to sell up here in recruiting. And uh, we're, you know, geographically in a very similar place that I'm used to in the Northeast. So, you know, we, we feel great about it. I think, you know, it's a very promising program, but we got to, you know, we got to go now do the work. Yeah, cause I pulled up the map and I saw like where Hamden is. It's like, wow, you got Long Island there, you got Bridgeport, you got Hartford not that far away, New York City. So it's like you're in a great spot. You're pretty much a suburb of, of New York if you want to be honest about it. You know, so you can sell that right oh, there. Yeah. Basically, in, in, well, in New York, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a different, it's a different uh, pitch to each each recruit. To a New York guy, I'm, I'm a suburb of New York, and to a Boston guy, hey, we're just a suburb of Boston. But but it's true. We're halfway in between those two major cities and right on I-95 and on the Amtrak line. So, you know, we're recruiting very similar to, again, what we were used to at Villanova, which is 
you know, essentially Northern Virginia, D.C., uh, up through New England. And, and there's a lot of good players in that corridor. Now, Coach, you see yourself making Quinnipiac maybe like a national brand or coming down here to Atlanta or to the south of Florida, go to Texas, or go even out west a little bit. I know it's a little bit farther for you, but if you see somebody out there you like, you see yourself making like a, a national brand at school where you, you go all over the country kind of find players to come play for you, or you kind of want to stay in a certain area that's kind of a hot zone for you guys. Yeah, you know, our job really is to, especially at this level, is to find maybe some guys that people miss on. And so I, I never expect to be able to come down there to Atlanta and beat Georgia Tech for a player. But, um, you know, maybe maybe if, if that guy, for, for whatever reason, is falling through the cracks and doesn't have, you know, maybe some of the, the regional offers that, that he desires down there. I mean, I, I went to Villanova. Uh, Kerry Kittles, who, who most basketball fans will remember, is from Louisiana and just didn't have didn't have a high level recruitment when he came out and so that's our job you know and so while it's convenient and advantageous to have a lot of players within the Northeast region you know our goal is to build up enough success to where we have a brand down there but also you know we do a good enough job evaluating talent maybe we can find a couple diamonds in the rough and speaking of talent you have coach uh how often are you better get on the court with your guys and kind of implement your schemes and your principles, your philosophy, kind of see well, how the guys are made of? So how often you better get done that with the July recruiting period that's ended with you being on the road pretty much the whole month of July? So uh, how have you, how's it just been with you, trying to see what you kind of have and did that kind of make you rethink what you need to go out and recruit based on what the pieces you already have at their own roster right now? Yeah, it's helpful to be able to work your own guys out, see what you have, like you said. Uh, I think every college coach would agree we wish we had a little bit more time with our team in the summer, um, not necessarily to practice, but, but skill development and player development. You know, we're allowed two hours a week. Um, so most teams will break that down to three 40-minute sessions or two one-hour sessions. So you wish you had a little more, but that, it does help you kind of project what you're going to be, what you need. Um, I also think just in terms of developing relationships with your players as a coach, you know, so much of it is you form that bond both on and off the court. But but if a player believes in what he's doing on the court and he believes he's getting better, you know, they're more apt to have a great relationship with you off the court and that kind of that trust level. So the summer is big for that, developing relationships with the players, but also getting guys better. Now, how long would you say in your mind do you feel like it takes for a coach and a staff and, and players to kind of trust each other after a co- coaching change? How long does it take for you guys to kind of gel and them trust you, you, you trust them and kind of fill them out? And do you go about trying to guide doing to be that, like going out to the city of New York or going on trips, kind of build camaraderie, kind of get guys to buy into you and what you're trying to sell them and what you want them to be going forward? Yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, there's no exact science to it. Um, you know, and you get advice from so many coaches who have taken over jobs. And I think the most common uh, answer you get is as a head coach, the most important thing is you're genuine, uh, you know, lay out expectations honestly and, and really be yourself and not not try and put on, you know, any show or do something that really isn't in your character that's going to fade. Uh, just be consistent. So that's what we've tried to do. We've You know, we've done meals. We're going to go bowling next week. Just different things. Um you know, just to spend time together off off the court as well. So all of that is important, but um, I think it's just, you know, not to be too cliche, but it is. It's just one one day at a time, one small step at a time in everything we do. And, and we can't get impatient 
Got there, right, folks. Yeah, Baker Dunleavy here on the Boss Man Show from Quinnipiac, the Bobcats up there out of Hamden, Connecticut. Now, Coach, what's been the biggest adjustment for you? Going from a long time assistant to the head coach. All right, when when that hat's a big responsibility now. So, what is that role like moving over there and seat to take over your own program, make all decisions? They, they all come to you now. How's that been for you? Well, I think it's exactly what you just said. It's the, the biggest the biggest uh, change is just the enormity of it and the the volume of decisions that you have to make, you know, as an assistant, you know, you're bringing maybe three or four things to your head coach a day and, and, you know, it doesn't hit you, but there's about 20 people doing the same thing. So the speed at which you make decisions, um, you know, the, the values that you have that you kind of hold on to that allow you to make quick decisions. You know, those are the things that really come into play when you're a head coach and, and uh, it'll be interesting, you know, kind of, getting a year in and looking back at some of the decisions I made early. But uh, yeah, I feel good about it, but it can be overwhelming at times, but that's where you lean on a really good staff. I have, I have great assistance and, and a great trust level with them. So, but you're right. That, that's been the biggest change. And, and uh, you know, at times it's a fun part as well. You know, you get to, you, you get to make the calls. Now coaches, we're, we're, not, we're in August here now. Practice starts October the first. Uh, so, uh, are you all already standing up late, thinking they're thinking of plays? You're sweating already. Y'all, uh, is your mind already working in that season mode, or you haven't got to that point yet? You know what? I feel like I've been at that point for a while. You know, just <laughs> but but not necessarily drawing up plays or worrying about the season itself. But um, you know, short term and long term things that need to get done. Right when you take a job, there's a long list. You know, so just always, you know, consistently looking at that list. Am I, am I getting something done today? Am I, am I being productive? And, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of endless, but, uh, this is the type of time of year where, you know, for me, just after going through the summer, formulating schematically, offensively, essentially, what's the best way for us to play, the best way for us to schedule ourselves during the school year, a lot of big decisions need to be made, initial decisions right now in this period, uh, before the guys get back full time. Now, speaking of, of the style of play, now I know how you play at Villanova. Will you be kind of incorporating some of what Coach Wright done at Villanova, or do you have some other things that you have in your mind that you want to run for your guys, or, or you maybe kind of tailor it to the guys you already have and the guys you're bringing in to play this first year, kind of put your system in you want to put in year two and down the road? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a combination of all three. Uh, the, the basis and setup of what we do will be from what I learned at Villanova. And, and the key to that is, is, uh, you know, guard play skill and spacing. Uh, but, you know, how, what plays we actually run, uh, what exactly we do within that space will be different based on, you know, probably not having, you know, we, we normally had about three point guards on the floor course at once, uh, at Villanova, we might have less, you know, but, but, uh, you know, tailoring it to our personnel and really as a coach trying to make sure what we're doing plays into the strengths of our players. Gotcha. Now, Coach, also you mentioned non-conference scheduling. Uh, this year's probably schedule is probably already done for you, which I can see you're in a great area for us recruit and playing opponents. So how do you see yourself going about scheduling games in the future? You show you some two-for-ones two maybe, some some money games here, play the big tournaments. Uh, how are you still going about trying to get you guys ready for conference play? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think every year it's a balance. And so, 
uh, although scheduling is something for the most part that gets done years in advance, our, our schedule was was close to being set by the time I took the job. So, um, you know, it's pretty it's pretty logical. In the years that you think you're going to have a pretty good team, uh, you want to play a little tougher. The years where you maybe you might be young and uh, need a little bit of a cushion, maybe you don't play as hard of a schedule, not as many road games, whatever you have. But the one thing we'll always do is try and play an exempt event, uh, you know, in, in November. And so, uh, you know, this year we'll go down to the Virgin Islands playing the Paradise Jam. Uh, those things are always good as recruiting tools, as trips for your players, but also, you know, you get tested against pretty high-level competition. We'll open up with Colorado down there. So, uh, you know, again, scheduling is always a balance and forecasting kind of what type of team you'll have. But, um, you know, we'll always try to be as aggressive as we can be. Now, Coach, there'll be a situation where you would you play your dad at, at Tulane. Would you ever do that? With the Zezoma and then the cards, the plates, the play so the gold. Funny. Go, Everybody asks me that, you know. It's like, and it's the <laughs> furthest thing from my mind. In fact, you know, it's the last thing I need. It's just more like any family drama on top of uh, <laughs> on top of all the work we have to do with this program. So the answer to that would be definitely not. Uh, and you know, maybe eventually once you know, because he's doing the same thing as me. He's going to start year two now with Tulane of a of a rebuilding job. So. Just trying to stay focused, keep it simple for now, and uh, like I said, I need all the family support I can get. Exactly. I totally agree with you on that. If I went for a coach this, you know you was in Villanova, and you saw the shot that was made in this championship game. Coach, it's got to be the feeling you've felt when that play was drawn up and you saw that shot go in. How did that make you and that whole staff feel? Did you think that was going to happen when you drew that play come out of that timeout? Yeah, I mean – it's just an incredible kind of storybook ending that you couldn't even fathom uh, when you're daydreaming. But I really, I really believe it was, um, you know, it was a perfect representation of what we talked about at Villanova when we talked about the word attitude, you know, it's kind of our mantra and not, not worrying about what happens to us, but how we respond. And so, you know, when Marcus Page hit his double clutch three to tie the game, I think the thing I was most proud of, and, and Coach Wright as well, was the way our guys came back from the floor after a devastating play right there and then came back to the huddle totally focused, moving on to the next play. And so what allowed us to execute that play was really the guys' heads being in it and not and, and not being devastated by that. Because we were, I mean, we had the game one. We were up three with whatever it was, 10, 12 seconds left. You don't lose games like that. You just don't. So – um, you know, again, just the fact that we executed the play, whether he made the shot or not, we were going to be proud that we had the mindset to execute. And so when he made the shot, it was just kind of a, it was a rather large cherry on top of the cake, but it was, it was sweet. It was great. No, I got one more for you, Coach. Would you, would you be borrowing any of Coach Wright's old hand-me-down suits? That man can dress. That's a bad dressing uh, dude there. Are you going to follow his footsteps? You're going to get your own style going there. He's good, man. I don't know. I think, like, you know, everything looks good on him, but once I throw it on, it might not look the same. I don't have the same uh, – I don't have quite the same swag to put it all together. So I'll definitely – while I like to think that my ensembles will be good, when you try too hard, sometimes it doesn't work. So I'll try and be solid, you know, and, and uh, maybe steal a couple things out of his book. But, but uh, there's only one Jay Wright. 
<laughs> I hear you. Well, Coach Dunleavy, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. Look forward to having you on again real soon. We'll definitely keep an eye on you guys up there at Corner Pack. And anytime you want to come on the show, I hear you feel free to come on. And I, I say I loved your brother uh, here with the Hawks this past year. I had your, had your dad on last year. He was a great guest as well. So uh, your family's cool with me, man. Dunleavy is all fine by me, man. Sounds great, brother. Thanks for having me on. All right, Becky. Have a good day, man. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blueberry Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today we have them from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. 
Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. We're back here on the JR the Boss Man Show. We've had a great show for you so far today. We've had on Conzo Martin, Missouri Tigers, Ricky Olivia Corner Pack, and then we're going to Oklahoma State to the Cowboys. A team that's a great team we're in there, orange and black, to the their new head coach, Mike Bourne here on the Boss Man Show. Coach Boyne, congratulations on this gig at Oklahoma State, man. How's it treating you so far? It's been great. Been uh been really good. It's been about three and a half months or so. Uh, they put the staff together and, and recruit a few guys to add to uh, the players that we have returning. And so we're excited about what this season uh, is going to hold for us upcoming. And what does it mean to you personally uh, that you lead this program going forward, this great program with Eddie Sutton, who played at Foundation, Coach Abba, and now for now you get to have it, be the head man of Oklahoma State Cowboys. What does it mean to you the administration has been thought enough to make you the man lead this team going forward after Coach left and got him another job elsewhere? Sure. No, it's a big deal. Uh, Oklahoma State basketball program has been one of the you know elite basketball programs in the history of the game. Uh, you go back to some of the coaches who coached at this program, Mr. Iba. Uh, who literally people changed the way they coached because of him. And then you look at the success Coach Sutton was able to have over his over-decade career. The head, head coach um, goes to show you there's a, there's a serious level of commitment to the program. I've got a tremendous fan base. We're really, really passionate. We want to see success. Uh, one of the unique things about it is almost all of our fans are Oklahoma State graduates. So there's a different level of pride uh, that comes with wanting to represent this school. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I hear that. And, Coach, what's been the biggest adjustment for you going from being the assistant coach to the head man? What's, what's it been like to have to make McCollum calling all the shots on your own, calling your own shots now, going from making suggestions relative to it being your call now? How's it all been for you, man? Yeah, probably just managing, you know, more so than anything. Uh, I'm in charge or responsible for a lot of different people and their families, uh, specifically our assistant coaches and the rest of the staff. Uh, but also responsible for trying to make sure that the goals of our program are accomplished and that the dreams of our players are also met uh, as they matriculate through our program, uh, whether it be one year as a grad transfer like we have one this year or a junior college kid who usually plays two years or someone who's here uh, for the duration of their college experience, maybe four or five years, trying to make sure that they all can meet their goals um, while you're in charge, so to speak. And speaking of recruiting, we come off the July recruiting period here, and yep. uh, you, you've been a new head coach. So were you able to kind of assess in the spring workouts how you needed to attack the July recruiting period to kind of figure out what guys would need to kind of feel, need to feel like a shooter here or a length guy here? So those workouts kind of help you figure out, and plus we on the staff last year, know kind of how you want to attack this July period, what guys you want to bring to, to the roster come August and down the road as well. Yeah, no question. I think even dating back to prior to the spring, having been able to be an assistant here for the last year, 
really gave me a, a clear view into what the program needs uh, for the you know immediate future in terms of continuing to build ourselves up as a Big 12 power. And, and certainly if you're a Big 12 power, you got a chance to get to a Final Four and win a national championship. So, you know, I knew that coming into the spring, uh, what, would we, what we would be losing and then certainly what we would need in terms of continuing to build off of some of the success we have going to the NCAA tournament uh, and not, not having the success we wanted to have, but certainly giving our fans a taste of what to be expected over the next several years. Now, speaking of guys you bring in, are you going to be more of a high school guy or a JC guy or a grad transfer guy or a transfer guy in general, or you kind of want a mixture of all of it, all of the above, whoever is the right fit for your program, rather than just going out and kind of getting a certain type of a guy. You kind of take it on a case-by-case basis and figure out which guy works best for your, you and your program. Yeah, I think it's more of the latter. You know, our staff is charged with finding the best place possible that fit uh, the needs of our program. Uh, and certainly character is a big part of that. We've got to have good people who care about education uh, and value the opportunity to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. Uh, but whether that's high school, junior college, a four-year transfer, uh, or whatever the case may be, European recruiting, uh, we certainly look under every every opportunity we can and use our relationships across the country and internationally to try to find the guys that best fit what we're trying to do. And with your location, proximity to Texas, uh, proximity to like Chicago, all these different places with all these different players, and kind of essentially located in the middle of the country, you kind of hit hit, hit anywhere you want to go to. So that kind of helps you out well for your, lo- your location and the fact that, hey, it's still water. You don't have to get in trouble with still water. You're going to come to ball and go to school. So you can focus in what you want to do there. So that kind of thing, you kind of sell the guys who think about coming your way and knowing the fact that, hey, we, 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 you're going to be in the Big 12 on a great stage. You can come here, get a great education, get a great networking environment, and play for an, a good program. A guy, guy who cares about you as a person and has played it himself, it can help you and get your way where you want to go. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think our location um, is a great advantage in that we can get to a lot of places. I took a flight this spring to San Francisco direct. I was able to find Kendall Smith there. Uh, and, and obviously that's a place that we can get to pretty easily. We can get to Chicago. Uh, obviously Dallas is, is pretty close by, and there's a lot of players in the state of Texas. Uh, so I, I love where we're located, and certainly our league, having been the top league five of the last six seasons and the most competitive league for all of the last six seasons, something that we recruit to as well. Folks, we got Mike Bourne here, the Oklahoma State Cowboys here on the Boss Man Show. Now, Coach, speaking of that, when teams watch your teams play this year, uh, what do you want to take away from watching you guys play? You, know, you be a fast-paced team, defends hard. or So talk, kind of talk about how you think you, you want to play with your guys this year and what fans should expect when they see you guys they hate the court in November here coming up. Yeah, I think the first thing I want people to recognize is we're going to be the hardest-playing team on the court every night however many games that is, 30, 35, 38, whatever the number is, we want to be the hardest-playing team on the court. We'll give ourselves a chance to have success. Uh, certainly our identity will begin on the defensive end of the court, though. Uh, we're going to be a tough, hard-nosed team that really competes on the defensive end. And offensively, we want to play fast. We want to continue to push tempo. Last year, we were the number one offensive efficiency team in the country. Uh, we want to continue that. That's the style of play that players like, our fans enjoy, and it's something that I look forward to continue to build on. And because looking at your non-conference schedule, I think what you've been in the Big 12, you know, you've no problem uh, scheduling games per se. So 
when it comes to trying to get into the tournament, do you want to schedule teams a little bit harder and uh, harder level of mid-major to kind of make sure the RPI is high because you don't want to be kind of like, well, you don't have any top 50 wins against this person and always and you go on the road. So all that, that talk you have is you, you kind of think about that when you're scheduling games to kind of give you a chance, seeing the best chance you had at an at-large bid if you don't win the Big 12 tournament in the, in the, when we get right there in March there. Yeah, I think about it not quite as much as may, people may think, just because our league's so strong. Uh, I mean, I think there's no greater example than our team last year. We were 0-6 in the Big 12 uh, on January 20th. And on February 20th, because we had won like six games against the Big 12 in a row, we were a lock for the tournament. I mean, it's just you get opportunities to prove uh, your value to the committee every night when you're playing in this league. So, you know, we'll play 18 games uh, against high quality top 50, top 75 type opponents. And that's plenty. And in our conference, what you want to do is you want to find what your team needs, whether you have a young team and need to find a way, uh, to gain some experience. Uh, we always want to reward our fans with a great home schedule and give our team the best chance to prepare, uh, for the rigors of the Big 12 schedule once December, late December and early January rolls around. That's a gauntlet. 18 games against you know, those those nine other teams in your league, man. That's, that's I can't imagine right. of the, the gauntlet yeah, you can go on playing them twice, home and away. Home <laughs> and away. You get to play everybody in the league. So, you know, people ask about road games, and I start listing off all the places in the Big 12 that we have to go. And if they can find an easy place to find a win, um, then we can have something to talk about. But I've got to go to Lawrence and Ames and Morgantown, West Virginia, Baylor and uh, Waco and Austin and all those places every single season. So uh, we get plenty of uh, road challenges. Got you on that, Coach. Now, looking at, at your roster, as we said here today in August here, who are some guys expecting to be key factors for you this year going forward, having making sure you're on the court for you? And who do you plan to – some guys you think are going to really develop over the practice time? You're going to see some a big jump this year as well. I think the first guy that jumps out is, is Jeff Carroll, uh, who, who went from averaging seven to averaging 17 uh, from his sophomore to junior year. Uh, certainly don't expect him to make that kind of jump again, but uh, certainly expect him to be a consistent contributor on the offensive end for us. Uh, Lindy Waters, a fr- who was a freshman last year and dealt with some injuries, is a really talented kid who's a perimeter player. Uh, but we certainly need some more from Mitchell Solomon. He's a really, really good defensive player and rebounder. We'll need him offensively. And then I'll just pick out two guys who I think will be, you know, kind of guys that will burst on the scene for us. Defensively, a guy named Seema, uh, young Kuba Seema, who's a transfer from St. John's, who won't be eligible until second semester. I think will bring us some defensive presence. Uh, and then Zach Dawson, who's a freshman from Miami, Florida, will be a guy once late December, early January rolls around, he'll start figuring it out uh, as most freshmen who are really good do. And, Coach, also, uh, can you share with us uh... – what are some guys that really meant a lot to you personally and professionally has really helped you get to this point you are now to be the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys? Oh, man, I, I, I couldn't even – I don't know if you have enough time on the segment for me to list all the guys that I'll be, I'll be thankful to have come in contact with. Uh, but my dad was a big influence on my early basketball life. Uh, but then once I got into playing, the coaches that I played for, starting with my high school coach, Bob Leckie, and then the college coaches, I was able to play for two guys who were really successful in Eddie Fogel and Dave Odom. Uh, and then all the guys that I've been able to work for, starting with Larry Davis, who's now the associate head coach at Cincinnati, uh, taught me a great deal about recruiting and how much it means from a head coach to be involved in recruiting from a day-to-day uh, standpoint. 
I had an opportunity to work for Buzz Peterson for two years at Coastal Carolina. Uh, worked for Mike Young at Wofford, uh, who's still there, who, who does as much uh, with as little as anybody I can imagine. Uh, that the, the amount of success that he's been, been able to have over there has been unbelievable. I uh, was able to go back to my alma mater and work for Darren Horn and learn a lot from a guy who had, you know, played at Western Kentucky and then worked there and worked his way up. And then obviously, you know, Brad Underwood, who I spent the last four years with, is another guy who I was able to learn from from an X and O standpoint, ways to be adaptable uh, to your team from year to year. So I give credit to all those guys. A guy who's not in coaching, hasn't been for a while, uh, is a guy named George Ravlin, probably the greatest influence on my uh, coaching uh, mentality and approach. Uh, the guy who's a director of global basketball for Nike, uh, and the guy who's been a really, really strong mentor to me in my whole career. And final one for your coach is this. I know your new coach got a lot of responsibilities on your plate, so talk to us about this. What's been your typical day like since you've been a head coach? Like, have you been having meetings all day, marketing, meeting boosters, golf tournaments? How's it been, man? And, re- and recruiting calls <laughs> as well. How's it been for you? Yeah, it's been pretty hectic. Um, but it's been really enjoyable. There's a lot of things to it. There's a lot of bases to cover and a lot of people to touch. Uh, and they're all really important. Uh, obviously, what you got to do is try to keep things uh, in priority order. Uh, make sure your players are always first. Uh, make sure you're able to touch your alumni. Uh, and, and never, never forget that you're always trying to recruit the next guy who can help your program continue to excel. So uh, recruiting and our current players are 1A and 1B. Uh, and then obviously boosters and alums are some somewhere really close behind. Uh, but then obviously there's media obligations and things like that that just come with the job. Uh, so I get it, I understand it, and I, and I look forward to conquering all of them. Well, Coach Bourne, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure having you on this show today. Hopefully, you play Georgia Tech or somebody, Georgia State, somewhere close, like maybe Memphis, <laughs> somewhere as close to where I miss. I come see you play, man. Like, call up Josh Pastner, call up Ron Hunter, call up Al Skinner, we'll call up Castle, so we'll you can figure something out, it. man. Let's get you, we'll let's get it, you at man. the ATL, man. Let's just see what's okay. up with that, man. <laughs> that sounds good. I appreciate it. your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blueberry productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also a vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com.
NFL.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Talk to the coach of the corner pack Bobcats, Baker Dunleavy, and we talked to the Oklahoma State Cowboys, a great nickname, the Cowboys there, and Mike Boynton. Now, we go to the man himself, P.D. Karaoke, the best man to boss report I know, my man, J.C. Smith. What's good, bro? They know. They know. What up, what up, boss? Man, no much, man. They know. It's your time here in Charlotte, background. It's your time to shine. Cowboys got a victory over the Cardinals. Like the smackdown on their candy asses with the with the puff stringers. It's all good in my hood, bro. No doubt. Yeah, I watched that game last night, man. Saw a couple, you know, prospects, a couple guys that may help us out this year, man. So it's all good. Football season here, Cowboy season. You know, life is good, man. No doubt. Well, folks, you've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here. It's the boss point. All right, bro. First story is this. 59-year-old China woman gets plastic surgery to avoid paying $300 debt by changing her appearance and name and hot-telling it out of China to Japan. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Go, <laughs> go back. Say that one more time, man. What happened? <laughs> yeah, okay. 59-year-old China woman 
gets plastic surgery to avoid paying a $3 million debt by changing her appearance, her name, and hightailing it out of China to Japan. Wow, okay. So she had $3 million worth of debt. Yeah, I wonder what she, what she owes that was $3 million. A house or... Oh, oh, the, the, the mob? Like, what's, what's going on? They about all that. Over $3 million. Like, exactly. I mean, here, I'm about 30000 <laughs> But, um, I gotta change my whole look. You know what I'm saying? If I ain't got it, I ain't got it. I ain't about to change my, uh, appearance. And, you know what I'm saying? Get a plastic surgery and all that craziness. Like, if I got it, yeah, I'll give it to you. But if I don't got it, I can't give it to you. It's as simple as that, man. Exactly. We got this. Florida woman arrested after bringing her child along during an armed robbery of her boss after he refused to give her the opportunity to top him off right for a high raise. Alright, so we got we got a story here. Um so 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 basically she was offering offering sloppy toppy and the boss didn't want to take it? He didn't. Wow, that's different. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> okay, all right. So he wasn't accepted. Man, yeah, that's, that ain't how the game goes. Like, if you're an authoritative figure and you're a supervisor, like, that's part of your job requirement. You know what I'm saying? Is to have female co-workers or female uh, people that's, that's below you, you know, give you top, and then you're supposed to promote them and give them, or give them better pay or better outs. Like, that's how it's supposed to go. Exactly. I don't know, man. Homeboy didn't want to go to the game down in Florida. This is one Florida man who's actually upstanding for once. <laughs> <laughs> That's an oxymoron, right? Like somebody in Florida with, with morals. Like, where, where are you at? Exactly. Like, for real? What's happening down there? But, here we go. Scooby-Doo face ass. 12 inmates escape Alabama jail by tricking Goofy Guard with peanut butter. I heard about this. I saw some news the other day. Yeah, all right. So I, I didn't know peanut butter was that used to where, you know what I'm saying, you can use it to get out of jail, man. Like, I ain't know it had, I, know, I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew peanut, you know, had a lot of different things, you know, that, of course, George Washington Carver, the great uh, black scientist, um, you know, that he used peanut butter, to, uh, peanut to uh, make other, th- other things or whatever, but I know one of the purposes was that you used to get out of jail, like, that's, that's, that's unique, so, I mean, and then they, they tricked a, a new guard, you know, to let them out or whatever, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, hey, more power to them, man. But I heard I heard that even the people that helped them escape on the outside got arrested also. So, that's messed up, man. Like, if, if, if uh, I'm, I'm going to assume dude's name was, like, Bobby Lee or something like that, the one of the uh, escape convicts, that's messed up. Bobby, Bobby Lee hit you up. And I'm like, you out, come pick me up. Like, what if you didn't know that he broke out and you still got arrested? That's messed up, man. Very much so. Very much so. Here we go. Layer story alert. Florida man, 83, gives finger while doing U-turns, listening to future, resisting arrest, getting away, but then it's caught when deputies spot him getting topped off at the nursing facility on the porch. Yo, this dude said like he had the best night ever, man. Like, when I'm 83 years old, I want to wild out just like that, man. 
And then, first of all, he, you, you still getting topped. You getting topped off at 83. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy, bro. But, yeah. But it felt like he was, he was, on, he, he was on a hell of a trip, man. Like, they gave him, uh, they spiked his applesauce at the nursing home. Like, something, <laughs> something happened at the nursing home to make him wild out like that. Exactly. I mean, my man was doing U-turns in the future. Yeah. He broke away from an arrest. He doing donuts. He, he, yeah. he, he doing donuts <laughs> in the middle of the road. Like, he wilding out right now. <laughs> man, here we go. We got squashed. Texas man with a history of deviant acts towards vegetables since life in prison behind while after being caught once again, giving it to the produce section in Publix. Man, so you can get locked away for life for mm-hmm. for, humping, for humping some uh some apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I hope he wasn't using the grapefruit. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, oh, it's crazy though. Man, yeah. hey, they don't play in Texas, man. You know, they they lock you up for a lot of things: murder, um, rape, and uh, apparently. Um, uh, sodomizing, sodomizing produce. So you gotta be careful now, Texas, man. No doubt, you got that right. Here we go. Florida man arrested after claiming car smells like weed due to latest gloves and extreme sexual session he had with two prostitutes at Wendy's the previous night. Hey man, hey shout out to Wendy's. Wendy's is not as good as it used to be, though. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't fell off with the Nuggets. Remember the Nuggets? The nuggets the fries are suck too, man. The fries yeah, suck yep. Since yep. the fries yep. not good. Exactly. Now when I go to Wendy's, I'll do the uh, the salad, the alpha pecan salad, and maybe the strawberry lemonade, and that's it. But back to the story. Yeah, it's my man. So he was at Wendy's with prostitute, and he was claiming himself that the car smelled like weed. Yeah, because of that, like the previous night. Oh, so he forgot like that he was at Wendy's and probably the smell of a uh, uh, double stack and uh, mixed in with the smell of prostitutes and drugs and probably have his car smell like weed. I guess he forgot about it, bro. Oh, it's crazy. That's crazy, man. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll say I've probably I've been with a prostitute or two in my lifetime. <laughs> that's like that's something you're not gonna forget. You know, getting with a prostitute because that's a that's a hair raising experience right there, man. You don't know what's gonna happen. Exactly. It could be a setup, or you could be like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you never know. A lot of prostitutes are fronts for Johns and the mob, the suckers, suckers. Yeah. Up and yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them are fronts. You gotta understand, like, yeah, man. Okay, what am I getting myself into right now? Because if you're a prostitute, you, you, ain't, you, you ain't out there for no reason. You know. Yeah, man. That's the most exciting yet dangerous time of your life, man, when you get, you get a prostitute for the first time. You don't know what's about to happen. Exactly. And we got this. Washington woman arrested after refusing to move back to overhead bins on United Flight. All right, so we got Washington woman. Normally, they're nice people up there in the uh, Pacific Northwest. But um, so we got uh, she was in the airplane and she got arrested for not... But not so moving her head her she want to keep it on her lap. What's wrong with that? I guess. If it, if it fits, it doesn't, it doesn't get in the way. Like, you're supposed to be able to do that, right? You don't, you don't have to I would there. think you ain't supposed to. You, you'll be holding it if you got room. But 
on United, I guess not. Hey. Ain't that the same? You ain't United the same airline where they uh yeah, he was feeling like my gold girl, like he was getting t- knocked off or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, United ain't going, man. They United spirit on. don't be going. Slogan, like, yeah, like come fly with us, or we are gonna put hands on you. That's the best exactly. slogan, man. Exactly. We got Florida woman arrested. My boyfriend asses out due to her bad body odor during a love making session. Man. How about you, boss? But in my life, uh, uh, I probably, I've come across, you know, a few of them that, you know, uh, you know, just, just didn't smell that well, uh, uh, but uh, to pass out. Yeah. Uh, all right, I, I will tell you this one story. I, I didn't sleep with this. However, it was a former co-worker of mine from back in the day. We we think he was toxic. You know how people have a toxic yes. body odor? A toxic smell. That's what happened to her. Like no matter what she did, she could take a bath, shower, uh, use every single of the odor as possible. She still just had an odor. You know what I'm saying? So some people just have a condition to where no matter what they do, they gonna they gonna omit uh, a foul odor, man. But yeah, dog, like man, to pass out, don't from it. Oh, she had to be like, man, like every. Every every everything that stinks in the world imaginable like had to be inside of her, man. So exactly. And secret story. This is just the boss disclaimer. If I smell you rotten or you skunk me, I never see you ever again. Or if, like this is, this is like this is like my oh, rule. ladies. Like okay, this happened about a couple months ago. So put it out there. Uh, this lady uh, I was dealing with came by the house. This was gonna be our first time getting down. I was cool with that. But she had been working all day. I get all that. Took off her clothes. You know, I had that must that emitted, that emitted rising must smell. And I really didn't enjoy what was going on. Because, like, you knew you coming over here. Why didn't you pair? You know what I'm saying? Why you sent me with all day old cat? Yeah. If those going to not smell fresh as it should be. Yeah. It's like, you don't go down on me? Uh, no. I'm so keep the stroking only. <laughs> and it got so bad, bruh. I had to, yeah. I couldn't give up on the back because he was worse from the back. So I just took the L and, and laid on top of it and finished off. And never, I have to have that number again, to be honest with you. Because I was that pissed off because yeah. we, we talked about this. You knew it's coming over here. That is that time when I, okay, people, somebody come in your house past 10 o'clock, you know what's going down. So there you go. I'm thinking, like, okay, cool, fine. But then I'm like, whoa, like, for real? This is your all day cat? You ain't cleaned up? I mean, some women just, they, they pH balance, you know, we go into a whole different topic right now, but pH balance is, is just off, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing they do about it, man. Like, once that pH balance is off, it's hard to get it back balanced again. So, they're going to always have a faint sense of, 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 of something to where, you know, you're going you gonna to notice it, man. Like, they, gonna, they always have a yeah, twang with about it, you know what I'm saying? A twang. Yeah, with that twang, she never, yeah. hey, look, you know she had saying? a nice big boot like I like it but I, I couldn't change that again because the family again I really got more angry so I like, <laughs> like took my look here right. I hit it I okay it's over I, you know we, we got down I succeeded in my goal we'll, we'll keep on pushing but fellas ladies make sure if you're going to go get you some make sure you're prepared to give it to, give it to your partner and make sure you're properly hygiened up for them so they won't be skunked or that's how I little dude did with a woman 
Yeah, dog. Who your man arrested? I'm saying he wanted to challenge this quote. You know, our cat and you know, most of the women's faces. I think we're the seven train to the Mets game. Wait a minute, we got Mets. Uh, game seven. The seven train takes you once again. What the Mets stadium is. Oh, okay, gotcha. So the seven train to the game there. Uh, and where, yeah, New York man arrested. I'm saying he wanted to channel his NRR Kelly and urinate on the fence after they rode the seven train to a Mets oh. game. Oh, okay. All right, I'm step for it. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, then. Yeah. Hey, man, you know what? R. Kelly is sick, but he's not the only one. Like, there's a lot of people in this world. He didn't get attention because of who he is. But it's a, it's a lot of people out here that probably be peeing on they significant other. They call whoever they, they kick with. They sign like that. They, they have these different fetishes where they do wild stuff. It's like, a, a certain fetish. But some people are just sick to where they do things. That's, that's crazy, man. So, I'm not surprised. You got York and Subway, you know. I'm sure crazier things have happened on the subway. I'm surprised okay, nobody. Well, Tennessee woman arrested. After $11,000 from Walmart. In broad daylight, leading police on a 536-mile chase before running out of gas. <laughs> man, look at police chase, man. You gotta you take, you take at least halfway. You gotta at least have half gas, man. Because you never know how long it's gonna go, man. So you run out of gas, like you should actually get more jail time for running out of gas for a police chase. They should add on like an extra six months just being a dumbass. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Exactly. And get this. Florida man on the loose after still get this $246 worth of stakes and running into woods to escape public's employee who chased him after he stole the stakes. Man, alright, first of all, I don't care where I work at. I ain't about to chase nobody and stole something, alright? First of all, for you to steal something, that lets me know you're not in the right state of mind anyway. Now, if it's something small, petty, like everybody stole like, you know, candy or something like that. But you can still stay. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crucial. Like, you need, there's something going on in your life to where you need that food. You, need, you know what I'm saying? You just never know about people. So, I ain't about to take nobody down. If I get fired, so what? I was working at a shoe store some years ago here in Memphis. And I saw, I saw a lady uh, stealing some shoes. And, you know, the manager started getting mad at me, talking about why I didn't stop her. I don't know what's going on with that lady. Why stealing some shoes? You know what I'm saying? It could be anything. And then I approach her. But you might have a gun or stab me. Like, I, ain't about, I ain't about to chase nobody now. My job is not that serious. It's $8 an hour y'all paying me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's not that serious for me to go chase somebody down. Exactly. Street, you got that right. We got yeah. another story out of Tennessee. Tennessee man arrested after being having sex with a pig and getting Johnson called the pig's box. But they pissed Johnson out the pig's box. Wow. All right, well, this has to be somewhere close to Nashville. Cause ain't nothing, ain't nothing like this happening uh, towards Memphis, boy. I'll tell you that. But, um, yeah, okay, so I've heard, of, you know, uh, guys sticking their thing in goats. I never I never heard about pigs, uh, uh, pig parts before, but okay, that's different. Um, hey, so you say, oh, man, but how you, how you stuck, though? Did, like, the, did the pig, like... Like, like, clinch up, you know what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> I don't even imagine how that went down. Like, how you, yeah, like, did the pig make a noise and, like, you know how women, yeah. like, tighten up? 
you know what I'm saying? Like, the pig tighten up on it and, and like, lock it in or something? Like, I don't yeah, that, that, when I read it, that kind of made me sick. Like, for real? Like, right. he's been charged with four counts of bestiality, and he's also charged with trespassing on property as well. He gets what he deserves. Yeah, yeah, man. I hope the pig's okay. Pig to the end, bro. The pig is comes from pork show oh, and ribs now. Oh no. So, so we got final story today is this right here: Florida man arrested after Stone Cold sent McDonald's employees after wanting ice cream four days in a row and the machine still broken. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. I can feel the pain, man. I, this, this is my favorite story today. I was at McDonald's uh, last night, all right, and they talk about the ice cream, ice cream machine wasn't working, right? Come on, man. It's like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the evening. How's your ice cream machine working? I can see if I can't do it 12 o'clock at night or whatever. And, y'all, and a lot of times, it don't be broken. Y'all don't want to go back there and, and prepare it or whatever. I can understand that, but not like 7 o'clock when everybody getting off work. Get something to eat. Come on, now. You can't tell me that, man. Ice cream machine. Four days in a row. And then Burger King. Right. And then Burger King across the street from my house. How about their drink machine wasn't working? Now, we ain't talking just ice cream. Even in the new, even they, the new machine, which you just push a little button and it gives whatever you want. Exactly. They talking about the water, the water line was broke. How? How? Houseway. Houseway. Yeah, like, I wanted, I wanted to regroup. I wanted to reach through the drive through window and son and, and son called the lady to tell me the ice cream machine wasn't working. So I can totally understand where exactly. you guys are from, man. Well, bro, that's fair story today is. What's your take on the whole report today, man? Hey, dog, this, this is top notch, man. This is like, like, like top notch ball support level of stories going on right here, man. Like, it's the first cut. This, this is A1. A1. Hey, bro, going you on know what's right bad man. when the first door is laid like it was? <laughs> I, I told you. Exactly. I told you it's gonna be crazy exactly, today. Bro. I told you. <laughs> this is like this is the best of. This is like the best you of. Better believe right it. Now, well, bro, what you got going with Three Kings? I know it's somebody's anniversary, man. You all doing your thing. How high did that go, man? Oh, it was awesome, man. Thanks for asking, dog. It was awesome. You know, Three Kings, three year anniversary, uh, karaoke and everything went down last weekend, man. We was trying to do bigger and better stuff, man. You know what I'm saying, like. That's all good. That's all well and good with the karaoke, but you know your boy. I'm trying to get back to the sports radio game. How is your boy, man? How hey, bro. Uh, I tell you what. There's some openings here at the ATL. We need to get you here. We need to. We need, we need, we need, we need to make the boss report take it to man. a whole nother level. We're doing sports and the boss report. But I feel like the world needs what we have to offer because this radio style is on, it's one of a kind of unique. Can't find for right here on the Boston Radio Network, BostonRadioShow.com. Jason Smith and me doing what we do best, entertaining the people. Because I will tell you, JC, on the air, this segment right here is the highest race segment of the week, which is when you come on with the Boston Sports, okay? That's the highest race segment of the week when you come on with Boston Sports. So people know what they want to hear. This right here for us, right here. your boy. We out here, man. Sports support and ball support. Better believe it. Hey, bruh, we got to make it happen, bruh. So, no doubt, man. That's Jesse Smith. Sorry, little bit of kicker. Yeah, I hear the background. Sorry, little coming up on me. So, that means time to go for time to go today. So, folks, that's for Conzo Martin. We got my man from Missouri, Baker Delevy, corner pack, and Mike Bono, OK State. Jesse Smith, boss man, we out. And if you don't know, you're not, you know, you know.
all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The baby album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. <laughs> 